Hello and welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dialogue, the Diapoint podcast. I'm your host, Pam Durant, and I'm excited for another episode today where I will be writing solo. So today I'm going to answer some of the most common or most frequently asked questions about diabetes that I get asked or that I see people asking. Um, First and foremost, one of those is what is diabetes and how can I be tested for it? How do I know if I have diabetes? So if you've been listening um, or if you're familiar with diabetes, you know that it's a condition where your blood sugar or your blood glucose rises to what's considered an unhealthy level. Insulin is the hormone that is created in the pancreas, which allows glucose to, from our food to be transferred into our cells. And that is how we get energy. If glucose isn't properly processed, or if there's not enough insulin, then the glucose gets trapped in the blood and it can't reach those cells. And for some people that produce no insulin at all, that can be quite dangerous and even deadly. And the way they test that, and yes, what we do, you know, sometimes do like a finger check and check in the morning when you're fasting to see what your blood sugar is. The best way to check is by getting your hemoglobin A1C checked. The A1C, um, it reflects your average blood sugar level for about two to three months. And it actually measures what percent of hemoglobin proteins are in your blood are coated with sugar because the more sugar you have, then the higher it is. So the lower your hemoglobin number is, the better. I actually experienced this recently. I went for a checkup a few weeks ago. I think I may have talked a little bit about this in in a previous episode, but what happened was back in February, I ran the Rack Half Marathon in Russell Kama here. And throughout my training, I noticed I'd been needing to pee or go to the bathroom more. To the point where I'd have to like in my route plan, run back home, stop, go to the the bathroom and and go out and run again. And sorry if it's too much information, but going to the toilet a lot is one of the first signs of diabetes or sometimes having an unquenchable thirst, feeling more thirsty than normal. And I'd been drinking a lot of water, but of course it's hard to know because when you run or you're doing sports, you want to drink more water. So one night as I was sitting outside and I thought, to myself for that day, I felt like I went to the toilet so much. So I went, got my son's glucose meter and I checked my blood sugar and it was high. It was around like 160 or something. Then I started to get worried. Now forget the fact that I know that I should wait till at least like maybe two hours after I eat something. And that was in the evening. And I had had some dragon fruit and some other stuff that could have possibly made it high. I didn't check in the morning when I was fasting, but it got me super worried. And for a very brief moment in time, then I started thinking of all the things that like, you know, can I still eat fruit in the evening, for example, or I thought about all the people that I know that have diabetes and how they so cautiously count the carbohydrates to match the insulin to the number of carbs that they have. And it really hit home with, wow, what a burden this is. Even though I've been doing it for my son for the last 12 or 13 years, I still got really worried. So I finally put that worry aside. I think that night I didn't sleep so great, but then the next day I said, okay, put the worry aside, go to the doctor and get it checked. 
because sometimes I hear people, they say, oh, but what if I do have it? But if you do have it, then you'll want to know so that you can manage it. And it's a very manageable thing. And I even, you know, I don't want to make that sound so simple because it's not, but I even told myself like, okay, let's not worry about it. Let's check your A1C first, talk to your doctor and then see what she says. And my A1C came back um, within range and it was fine. So I don't have a diabetes diagnosis, but I still manage it in my son and I have a newfound empathy for, you know, some of what he and other people with diabetes are going through. Some people think diabetes doesn't cause health problems, but if you don't take care of it, it can. It can cause things like heart disease, high blood pressure, stroke, kidney disease, eye damage, because the nerves behind our eyes are very sensitive to high blood sugar or sometimes problems with your feet. And those are pretty much the most common ones. The other things can happen as well. So it's important that if you do have diabetes, that you manage it. And I'll talk a little bit about managing it in a bit and that you're going for regular checkups with your doctor. What type of diabetes might you be at risk for? So people ask a lot of the times things like, can type two turn into type one? No, it can't. And, you know, how does it happen? Did your son get type one because you ate bad when you were pregnant? No, that's not the case. So there, there's a lot of misconceptions around what diabetes is, the different types and why it happens. And in some cases, for some of them, we still really don't know. Like it's still a mystery why my son got type one diabetes because we don't have it in our family. Type two is the most common type of diabetes. That's around 98% of all people with diabetes. And they're just like anyone else. They, they have challenges to produce insulin. So, and how much insulin they're producing that will vary across different people with type two. Your studies show that you're usually at risk for type two if you have a family history of it, or if you're maybe older, 45 and older is what the statistics say, but it can happen at any age really. And why is it happening when we're older? Because our bodies sometimes get tired, especially if we abused our bodies. Um, by eating too much processed food or, or other things when we were younger, then as we age, that can take its toll over time and cause us to have insulin resistance or maybe not produce enough. If we're overweight, that's a risk, but that's not exclusively always the case. There are some people that are classified as medically overweight, but they don't have diabetes. However, it's good to lose weight and find an ideal weight range for you because that puts the extra weight, puts stress on your joints and your body and all your other organs. So just being physically inactive or not exercising enough can also support insulin resistance and type two diabetes. And also for some people, they might see it start with high blood pressure and that can sometimes be, be a sign or an indicator. Type one diabetes is where your body does not produce any insulin. This is the kind of diabetes that my son has. He was diagnosed at 20 months old, and we don't know why that happened, like I said. Sometimes if you have a family history of it, it you may have a higher chance of getting diabetes, but that's not always the case. You'll often read that it happens to children, but more and more adults are getting type 1 diabetes, and the, the medical world is not exactly sure why that's happening. Sometimes you'll see things like geography. It, it occurs more in certain 
countries, or it occurs more in populations living further from the equator. We live fairly close to the equator. And I'm here to tell you that that don't know if that's even really a myth or possible anymore that, you know, if science hasn't um, proved that to be a myth, it's happening. And there's not really anything we can do to control why it happens or when it happens or to even avoid it. So it's really hard because for me, a lot of parents always ask me, like, how could I have avoided this? What could I have done? What could I do differently? And I ask myself that question a lot for the first year or so after my son's diagnosis, I replayed every single thing that I fed him, every single thing that I did, every single medication that he took, you know, was it something that I did that, that caused it, but it, it's not, it wasn't. And it's very hard and challenging to see moms go through that because everyone does, no matter what it is, when it, something happens with your kids, of course, the first thing is like, oh, could I have avoided this or could I have helped him avoid it? And the answer is no, you can't. But once you accept it and then learn how to live with it, then you can really support them to grow and thrive. Prediabetes is a condition where you have what's considered higher than normal levels of glucose in your blood, but it's not as high yet to be called type 2 diabetes. Some people see it as like, a first step to, or a warning sign that you could get type two diabetes and that maybe you can reverse or prevent type two from happening. You might be able to sometimes genetically, you might not be able to, but again, still it's a sign that you want to look into your lifestyle and see if there's anything that you can change. Gestational diabetes develops when a woman's pregnant it's super critical to have the test for gestational because high blood sugar affects both the mom and the baby's health. It can cause birth defects. So that's really important to be tested. And usually it can be controlled through healthy eating exercise and sometimes medication um, might be needed, but this is all as recommended by a doctor. And then usually what happens is gestational diabetes will go away after the baby's born Sometimes then a woman can have a higher risk for developing type two diabetes because she had gestational diabetes, but that's why it's super important to go talk to your doctor. How can diabetes be treated? So this is something that I, a lot of these questions are things that I get triggered by because I get every day, I get the headlines from Google about the best foods for diabetes, how to treat diabetes how to cure diabetes, how to reverse diabetes. These headlines can be damaging because one, I think they leave the wrong impression about diabetes and not everyone can reverse their diabetes. Not everyone can, you know, just treat it so easily with one small lifestyle change or eating one of what they say is the best foods for diabetes. So yes, eating well, exercising, taking medication if it's prescribed to you by a qualified doctor and all of these other healthy lifestyle changes are critical to managing and treating diabetes. But what those headlines should be saying is what are the best foods for people to eat? What is the best, maybe exercise, the best exercise is one that you enjoy, but what are the best foods for people to eat? Not what are the best foods for people with diabetes to eat somewhere along the way, the media or general public started thinking that, oh, if you have diabetes, then you need to have a super restricted diet and everyone else can just continue eating badly. 
And I'm here to tell you, that's not really good. If you don't have diabetes and you're eating badly, you can end up with another condition or some other problems, other health issues, or even decrease your lifespan. All of us should be eating healthy, whole plant-based as much as possible, healthy food and avoid processed food and all of these other things. And, you know, I say everything in moderation, so it's okay maybe to have the one off, but it's not something that you want to do every day. We just all need to be eating healthy and well, and we need to teach future generations about this as well. Last week, my son actually had a field day um, at school, and I didn't realize until the night before that they were having donuts. So there was a, a call out to the, the WhatsApp group to, to get more donuts to make sure they'd have enough. Okay. We don't eat donuts at home. We don't ever really buy them when they're out. So, so there's donuts. So, so that's fine. I, um, you know, my, my son knows how to work his way around a donut. He knows how much insulin to give for a donut. He knows how many carbohydrates are in the donuts. So I'm confident that he can manage and he did a really good job. But for me, what the bigger message is, is if you have children and it's, it's a sports day and people are out, you know, running around under the hot sun. And in addition, just as you teach them to drink water, why would we not teach everyone to fuel their bodies properly? Especially kids, they're impressionable. And a lot of them might grow up to be athletes or continue to do sports as adults, no matter what they're doing at work. To teaching them that if they're eating well and that they'll have better performance is, you know, not a bad way to go. So I'm not against the donuts, but I am all for everything in moderation. How can you manage diabetes better if you have it? As I mentioned, exercise and what you eat does help. And I see that in my son when he's active, his blood sugar is so much better and exercise has an exponential effect. It can even cause low blood sugars in a type one up to 24 hours or sometimes longer after he exercises. But in managing diabetes, you need to know the more information and data you have, the better. So the more you check your blood sugar, the better. And if you have type two, you may not be on a continuous glucose monitor. So you may not have that data all the time. So you do need to make the effort to check your, your blood sugar through your glucose meter more frequently. If you don't check it, then you don't know if you're managing it well and you won't know if your medication dose is correct and your doctor won't know, and you won't know how these foods and other things are affecting you. You also want to make sure that you drink enough water, get enough sleep, eat well, the best food that you can, and take care of your overall health. That's how you can best manage your diabetes. But again, like I said, outside of checking your blood sugar regularly, everyone needs to be doing these same things, exercising, moving, eating well, and healthy. Some people think that because they're thin, that they'll never get diabetes because diabetes is associated with obesity or being overweight, but that's not always the case. Some of the studies about diabetes show that 20% of people who get diabetes are in fact thin. They're not overweight. So weight is not always an exclusive indicator as to whether or not someone will get type two diabetes. So I think that's something impart, important for, for everyone to know. And when it comes to eating healthy, what do we mean by that? More plants, more water, less processed food. You can also look at your macros as well. Um, sometimes people with diabetes or 
people might tell someone with diabetes that they need, like I said, need to eat really restricted, but what they need to do is look at the kind of foods that they're eating and look at the macronutrients and, and what is made up, what your food is made up of. Yes. Calorie counting is important if you want to lose weight because we need to burn or use more calories than we put in our body, but we also need to understand the macronutrients and that would be the carbs, the protein, and the fat. Typical recommendations are around 50% of your food should be carbohydrates, 20% will be protein, and then that remaining 30% could be fat. Now, depending on who you talk to and which country's guidelines you're looking at, it might slightly vary. It may be more protein. It may be a little bit of fat. And then there's a lot of these different diets out there, keto, um, which is like virtually no carbs or paleo or other things. So you just need to really understand what all the choices are and talk to your doctor about it. Or if you've tried some for yourself and see how you're feeling. I personally, I've tried keto. I don't eat meat though. I hate meat. I haven't eaten it really for 30 years now, maybe for the most part. So keto is very heavily meat-based. You can do, I guess, vegetarian keto, but I think then you just end up eating a lot of avocados. I'm sure there's a few other things that you can eat, but you also want to stay up to date with the latest research on health and nutrition, because some of the research that's out there is now suggesting and concluding that keto is actually really not good for our cholesterol um, and heart disease and other things. While people might be getting good effects with their physical appearance, but what's happening inside some people are saying, and I say people, but some experts are saying this may not be the best way to go. So you really want to make sure that you're able to follow up on the diet. And I don't like the word diet, but on the way that you choose to eat to make sure that it's the right way for you. Um, one of the podcasts that I listen to and follow a lot, actually, Rich Roll, he made a comment the other day and said, so many people get really wrapped up in the way that they eat to the point that it becomes their identity whether that it's a certain diet or lifestyle, and that's okay to be really passionate about it, but just do know that what works for one person may not work for you and vice versa. So before, you know, if you found a, a way of eating that works really great for you and you want to tell the world about it, that's great, but there may be some restrictions that other people have that they can't follow that particular diet and that is okay. And that's one of the, you know, beautiful things in the world, just as cultures and people are all very different the way that people eat and what they should eat for their personal body might be different too. So just something to keep in mind. As I mentioned, diabetes is all day, every day. So I just want to leave you with some thoughts about that. It's not easy. It's challenging. And even still, as I sit here in my office and I record this, my son is having his first day of spring break and I haven't checked in on him since morning, so I'm not really sure what his blood sugar is at the moment, but I'm wondering like constantly what it is. It's constantly in the back of my mind. And it's kind of frustrating too, because sometimes every time I see him, I don't make it the first thing I ask him about, but I do ask him like, Hey, how's your blood sugar? And sometimes if he doesn't want to tell me, he'll say like, Oh, it's happy or, you know, something like that. And then I let it go. Um, I ask less frequently now because he is older, he can't take care of it, but it, it demands your attention. So if you do have a diabetes diagnosis, please always check in with it, surround yourself with experts, um, get support. 
If you need coaching help, we're here for you. Diapoint works with expert coaches. These are people that are experienced in nutrition. Many of our coaches have been affected by diabetes, either personally or someone in their family or multiple family members have diabetes. It's really critical for us that we are supportive and empathetic to people with diabetes. And our team is very dedicated to understanding that. And that was one of the things that I had in mind when I started Diapoint, which I never intended to necessarily have a company where I was so fortunate to support people with diabetes. I actually started blogging shortly after my son's diagnosis because I thought if my experience as a parent of a child with type one can help another parent, then that's great. And over time, it just kind of evolved. And I thought maybe I can try to help more people. And that's what we're trying to do at Diapoint and what we're continuously building every day. So stay tuned because we have many exciting things that will be coming out this year that we'll be launching um, very soon. I think I can say now in a few weeks time, our online shop is going to be in Arabic language, which I can't wait. So that means we can reach more people, help more people, um, and just offer more support here in the region where we work. If you have any questions at any time, please don't hesitate to reach out to us at info at And also, if I can ask you a favor, if you like the podcast and enjoyed listening to it, if you can please go over to Apple Podcasts and if you leave us a five-star rating or your your positive feedback, that will be so helpful. Um, The algorithms of podcast programs really need that to happen so that more people can find us learn about diabetes, learn about their health and wellness. um, And it just, it allows us to do so much more. So thank you so much for joining me for this brief solo episode where I talked a little bit more about diabetes and I look forward to seeing you back next week. Thank you.